Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 181 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. Brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... I'm Jesse the Human Wilson. Ah, nice job. Thank you. So, if you're like D&D and you're going to pick human every time, is that what you're trying to say? No, it's a uh, Adventure Time goof. Oh, God. I got to get on that (laughs) show, man. It's mesmerizing. Jesse, how was your week? Uh, Good. I mean, it's early. The verdict's out. How was your weekend? Um... Busy, busy man. Yeah, <laughs> did the uh, so I hung out with you for like the first two days of the weekend, and then you went on the tour to Western Washington on yeah, Sunday. Uh, everything turned out okay. Yeah, it's just a lot of driving. Yeah, but yeah. Well, good talk. Double birthday adventure. <laughs> yeah. So Jesse and I went to Strange Brew this past weekend, and. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Strange Brew is, it's basically this beer festival in Port Townsend that a uh, bunch of people make some weird beers with weird ingredients. And I've I've publicly stated on the show numerous times that I don't like shit my beer, but for some reason I like the beers at uh, at Strange Brew. So Jesse, what what was your favorite beer at Strange Brew this year? Oh, Big Al did like a Frambois Lambic that I think was my favorite. Is that really strange, though? No, that's probably why I like more normal beer. That's what I. That's kind of what I realized is you got to get in the mindset because the beers are kind of bad, but because it's strange brew, then it's you're you're like in for it, you know. But yeah, then, I can get into it once a year, but yeah. <laughs> strange brew is probably my least favorite festival. Well, there can only be so much that you could do with the Dorito flavored beer, Bainbridge Island Brewing Company. Uh. But for the most part, I mean, I, th- my favorite one was from Sound Brewing Company. They did this uh, one called, I think it was called Bear Cave, and just a really, oh, yeah. really delicious 10% with chilies, and it w- it had a little burn, but it was delicious, and that's actually a beer I think I would actually drink, as opposed huh. to most of the beers that were there. So you picked a standout because it was just a normal beer, but but a very good, well-pulled-off normal beer, you would right. say. Okay. Uh, what are you drinking this week, speaking of beer? Oh, I haven't topped the popped the top on it yet, but mm-hmm. the Elysian Slip Shot. Ooh, what kind is that? Oh, it's a cho- uh, espresso milk stout. Hello, it's like a latte yeah. stout. Yeah, basically. Like it. Why don't you pop the top on that, and I'll talk about what I'm drinking. It's the uh, Beyond the Pale Pale Ale from uh, your rival brewery, <laughs> brewery Fishtail Beer or Fishtail Ales. Which, but, uh, are they my rival? Yeah, because of the Bitter End IPA. They have the other Bitter mm. End IPA. Uh, and I feel like this one is, might also be copyright infringement just because you're really pale. And on the bottle, there's a drawing of a naked redhead carrying a cooler of beer. A man? Yeah. And cool. his butt is covered up by a sign that says, Beyond the Pale Pale Ale. There you go. Uh, very serviceable parallel. I like it. Have you taken a sip oh, of the illusion? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. It's chocolatey. It's espresso. It's dowdy. Roasty. It's good. I think some people, you know, this is something that needs. I think uh, some people need a little clarification on is that a milk stout does not necessarily mean it's milky, right? 
What what constitutes um, a milk stout? I don't I don't really have a good answer for that. It's kind of up to interpretation. Okay, I thought it was like the it was like lactose yeast or something is used. Yeah, but um, well, there's lactobacillus, which is a bacteria that you know that's all basically all yogurt. Mm-hmm. The whole deal with yogurt is all that lacto, right? But that's definitely not in this because you know that's got like a tart sourness, mm. and this um, this beer does not have that. So milk stout may be up there with like American pale ale. It's like you could do what you want and call it that. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I think I got to dedicate the show this week to. Uh, I know we've been real sports heavy lately, but did you see Beast Mode's interview today on the NFL Network? Yeah. It was beautiful. It was like exactly what you want from an, from an interview. I feel like the Seahawks are just knocking interviews out of the park lately. <laughs> they're, they're all over the spectrum in terms of enthusiasm. Well, they're but they're also all so honest. It's like no no canned answers with this group. Except from Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson, but he's got to be the even keel. He's got to hold yeah. this ship together when you got Russell, when you got Richard Sherman on one side and Marshawn Lynch on the other. He's the one who's keeping that keel deep in the water. Right. So, uh, but yeah, dude, I, I, I'm just so excited about uh, about this upcoming weekend. In fact, we got a couple of phone calls about it. So why don't we move on to listener feedback? Uh, first one comes to us from Florida. That's right, guys. It's Jay. Once again, here he is. Hey guys, this is Jay from uh, New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Um, just calling in. My Patriots lost, uh, but whatever, we got blown out. Um, I guess February 2nd I'll be rooting for the Seahawks. Go Seahawks. Um, I hope Richard Sherman keeps taking his Adderall because he's the best cornerback in the league. You know. Anyway, he's got a tough haul ahead of him. Uh, good luck. Get off my back. That's alleged Adderall. Alleged Adderall. He was uh, never actually caught. Is that true? I thought it was pretty cut and dry. Well, he got off on a technicality. And, you know, technicalities, technic- technical truths are my favorite kind of truths. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we brought some Seahawks fans into the fold from this podcast. I feel like some listeners are rooting for them just because of us. I hope so. I hope that there some of them are ready for it just because of us. Uh, in fact, I think that uh, you know, there's kind of the two sides. It's people who either love the Seahawks or you hate the Seahawks, uh, or you love the Broncos. So those are your two sides. And uh, or you're indifferent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, for those people, I, I've always been kind of curious why people would hate Seattle or hate the Seahawks. And uh, actually, Rob Zip called and gave us a little insight here. So here it is. Hey, Jesse and Eric, or Eric and Jesse, or Jarek and Essie. I um, would like to, again, welcome you to the Super Bowl. So you, you guys don't understand why so many people hate on the Seattle Seahawks or Seattle in general. Now, I think a lot of love, misguided, albeit it, it's directed towards Peyton Manning because he's in every other fucking commercial on television. Um, and, you know, the news corporations love companies that spend money with them and they have Peyton Manning as your spokesman. So therefore they're going to just naturally cheer for him 
that is a good reason to dislike him as well. Um, but I don't think the Seahawks have made a good case for themselves. Pete Carroll is kind of a jerk. Um, that can go without saying. I know a lot of people from Los Angeles that really don't like how he, um, you know, left USC and, and kind of like the shambles that he did. So, um, he's got a little bit of a shadiness there and that's no fault of the city, but uh, also, um, you know, Seattle, uh, for people who haven't been there, has this, um, you know, kind of connotation of being a kind of hippie central, and a lot of conservative dumbasses just want to hate on everything that isn't just like they are. I've already seen a, dumb, a lot of dumb posts on Facebook. Oh, it's the weed bowl. <laughs> Pack it up. Um, so you've got that going for you. Um, that's just an outsider, neutral perspective. You guys are kind of wondering that on the last episode. Um, like I said, I'm neutral. I'm hoping for just a good game um, and something fun and entertaining to happen. So anyway, um, may the odds be ever in your favor or some shit like that. Okay. <laughs> love you guys. Bye. I love how Rob Zip, uh, I love how he was like, I'm going to quote Hunger Games, but then I'm going to qualify it. By saying some shit like that, because I don't want to let people know that I watched the Hunger Games. <laughs> but I just want to say that Seattle is not full of hippies. No, it's really not. That's Portland, man. Yeah, Portland is or hippies Port and Townsend. hipsters. Yeah, Port Townsend too. Uh, I, I think it's interesting the whole Pete Carroll's a jerk thing. I would say he's like the opposite of a jerk. I mean, I understand the USC situation, but it's nothing right. like. That's that's a whole manufactured situation because uh, the NCAA doesn't let, let players get paid. And, you know, Reggie Bush got to live in a mansion and therefore, uh, uh, therefore you had to revoke your three titles at USC. But he did bring three national championships to USC. So he's like, I don't know. That, that's always the thing that I, that I think is ridiculous is when they revoke national championships. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't like, happen. They already did. They already won, guys. You can't really <laughs> like. Oh, you're taking the trophy away. That really, uh, that really, totally made us forget about that. <laughs> it's like if you're a jury member and the the judge is like, just strike that from the record. Mm-hmm. That's inadmissible. No bearing on history. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think he's a jolly guy. I think that he saw the writing on the wall, so he got out, and then he decided to just. Uh, I don't know, go to the NFL, maybe take a team to the Super Bowl. Let's give that a shot. Why not? And he did. I, I could understand hating on him if you weren't a Seahawks fan, the way he uh, like smacks his gum around and everything. I think that he's just a coach that you can have an opinion about. I think there are so many coaches in the NFL that you just don't have no opinion about. Yeah. Because they just stand there and they uh, with their headsets on, and that's all you ever see of them. So, I mean, anytime that you have a guy that where you can get opinions on him, you're going to have opinions that go either way. But for me, personally, I love Pete Carroll. I was happy when they hired him, and I'm very, very happy with what he's done with this team. So, you're telling me you're not disappointed in him? I'm not, I'm not yet disappointed in him. <laughs> <laughs> you're still allowing yourself to be disappointed in him later? Well, I mean, 
like, do you remember the Holmgren days? Uh, not really. Well, Mike Holmgren, the Mike Holmgren days, I'm not shitting on Mike Holmgren at all. I mean, Mike Holmgren turned this entire franchise around, turned it into a winning franchise. But he was kind of the walrus on the sidelines, very Andy <laughs> Reid-ish. Uh, did a lot of yelling and, like, would yell and the spit would fly out of his mouth. Right. Which was very common with him. That's a cool look. He also, like, really liked Matt Hasselbeck a lot. Uh, and Mike liked him or no, just, he wouldn't like, that was his quarterback. And that was like the only quarterback that he had when he was the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, you know, Pete Carroll's got this kind of competition mentality and blah, blah, blah. We're talking a lot about sports. I'm just saying I like them both, but Pete Carroll's a guy that you can have opinion about because he's, he's fun and you, he does things as opposed to most coaches who just stand on the sideline. Maybe, maybe jaw at the refs a little bit. Yeah, but what about your best friend, uh, Jim Harbaugh, who does a lot? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Jim Harbaugh is right on the same page there. He's a, he's a coach that you have an opinion about. You either love Jim Harbaugh or you hate Jim Harbaugh. I just happen mm-hmm. to be on the hate team. <laughs> team hate. Team hate for Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next, we got another voicemail. This one uh, is a little recap from a segment we did a few weeks ago. So here it is. Hey guys, it's uh, Chris in Vegas. Um, I've put down the phone, picked up the phone, put it down numerous times. Uh, mostly just because I don't want to hear my stupid sounding voice on the, on the podcast, but I don't know if you guys have it like that where you hear your voice uh, recorded and it sounds completely different than it does when, you know, you're speaking. But anyways, I decided to give you guys a call. Um, I want to thank you guys personally for uh, giving some advice a few months back. I asked about the Seattle area for families and how it is to live there. And, and you guys gave some good advice, and uh, we are going to be uh, moving up there, me and my family, uh, coming up in March. And uh, I just had a question for you guys. Um, when we do get up there, what would be the first thing? that we should do as like, you know, like a touristy thing or not a touristy thing, you know, like a local thing that people like to go do that's fun and, and interesting. If you could help me out with something like that, then uh, I'd appreciate it. Um, later. Later, Chris. We're happy we could help. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I wonder where he ended up deciding. Yeah. Probably I, not uh, Bremerton. Probably not Bremerton, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Hopefully. Things to do with the family in, in Seattle. I, I mean, when you go to the touristy side, I think that there are a couple of really cool things. I, I mean, Woodland Park Zoo is really fun. Might as well accumul- uh, acclimate yourself to Woodland Park Zoo. Uh, you have the Experience Music Project, which you haven't, if you haven't been there, uh, it's owned by Paul Allen, the guy who was the Seahawks. He's got three loves in the world. The Seattle Seahawks, science fiction, and rock and roll. And he melded two of those things into this museum. Uh, we should get him on the podcast. We should get Paul Allen on the podcast. We share get, some interest. Let's get Debbie, our producer, on that. Debbie? Deb. Deb, come on. Put down, put down the uh, bagel. Thank you for getting Rob Zip on the podcast. We appreciate that. But why don't you get Paul Allen on the line? Uh, but no, the Experience Music Project, of course, is a space needle. But you don't have to go to the top, guys. It's like 30 bucks per person. And it's I've not never that been tall. Up there. It's 500 feet tall. Literally every building in Seattle is taller than the Space Needle. Um, uh, go to a Mariners game. I would say that. Why not? It's very yeah, fun. 
family friendly. What well, you got? You got anything, Jesse? Well, I I always took people to Pike's Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pike Place Market. Yeah, I mean that's an old standby. It's in every uh, Fox NFL Sunday game. Yeah, throwing the it's fish. It's fun. It's easy. There's actually like a good bakery inside and a comic book shop. Yeah, some fun stuff. Yeah, those are kind of the standbys, uh, and that's like kind of a meld. I mean, you got to do that if you've been to Seattle. You got to kind of do all the touristy stuff because it's fun. Uh, but on the other end of that, like you could always just go down to Ballard and like walk around Ballard, like on a Sunday when they're having the farmers market. And uh, yeah, Ballard's radical. There's a bunch of stuff down there to do. So anyway, Seattle talk. <laughs> and uh we love seattle but we're gonna round off our voicemail segment with a call about beers here hey he what's up guys it's jr from philly and wanted to share an article with you this week from phillybeerscene.com uh are beer nerds ruining craft beer so it says over the last 25 years the amount of craft breweries in this country has risen from 100 in 1988 to almost 2500 in 2013 the expansion of craft beer has been fueled by a constantly growing community of beer nerds. So the next time you're out and order a beer that uses taste to promote sales rather than a label that lets you know it's cold, thank a beer nerd. And next time you're chastised for not being able to identify the specific hop used in your IPA, also thank a beer nerd. So this is a classic debate around most nerd culture that we've talked about before. As something gets more popular, gets bigger following, and the criteria for being a beer nerd adapts, and it yields some different subcultures. And I think this article really breaks it down to beer trolls. Uh, they talk about uh, that the beer snobs exist mostly on the internet, primarily on Beer Advocate. Uh, and the article asks, are beer nerds poised to burst the craft beer bubble? And for newcomers, it's inviting but intimidating when you have beer trolls around. And sure, the purity of your group can be diluted a little bit by newcomers, but to grow, you need them. And tasting beer is subjective, so keep in mind that there's no right or wrong. Um, the, the spear that they think is going to burst the bubble is sort of the experience where if you've ever been out and overheard someone at a bar unconstructively criticize another customer's selection in, in beer, and that's what they think is really jeopardizing the new audience. If beer nerds aren't willing to overcome and accept newcomers, it will lose its sustainability, argues the article. I think anyone uh, who really wants to be considered a beer nerd should only be able to do so if they have a passion for helping a newcomer find their niche. So, well, I thought it was a neat article. Of course, it's a tension-grabbing headline, but plays into a lot of discussions that we've had in the past. Just want to share it with you guys. Shoot it up there to good old Seattle. Stay arrogant. Get off my back. Get off my back, JR. Get off my back. Our Philly beer correspondent, JR. Uh... Yeah, you know, it's kind of with anything. It's like you I, – I feel like once any any movement starts to get a lot of people into it, then you have people who get pushed to the extremes and then they have to be super nerdy about it. But, like, the fact of the matter is, like, you could be nerdy about it to be nerdy about it or you could be nerdy about it just because you have a passion for learning about it. And that's why, you know, like you, Jesse, like, you liked beer. You started homebrewing. 
Then you started working at a brewery. Then you worked in another brewery. And now it's just like something that you're interested in. And now it's become a passion. You become an expert at it just through being interested in it instead of like just trying to be like the smartest guy in the room about it. So, yeah, the other thing is I think that when it comes to beer, like I was I was able to become pretty educated on it just by, you know, consuming it. You don't exactly need an advanced degree to become Mm -hmm. sort of a craft beer uh, aficionado or whatever you want to call it, um, geek, really. So the people I think that, you know, you you were right when you said that there are these types of people in kind of all facets. Yeah. When something becomes popular, you get those people who take it too far. Like Rob Zip with the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, he's such a Hunger Games snob. Super Hunger Games snobby, that guy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I also think that what it comes down to is just drinking beer. Like, we're not talking about um, thermonuclear physics or anything. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's pretty – these people are pretty transparent when they see th- – kind of act like they have some sort of under yeah. higher understanding of everything it's, it's really just beer and flavors and it's a it's four ingredients well and that's a, it's like to any nerd topic it's like a, a board game is just a piece bunch of pieces of cardboard and some math yeah and right. uh you know a video game is just a story driven interactive experience it's the whole it's, it's like there was that geek girl thing going right. on for a while yeah. where there was a backlash against um I guess, like, more conventional geeks who were saying, like, oh, geek girls are just fake and looking for attention, blah, <laughs> right. blah, blah. Um, yeah. So you're going to get that backlash anywhere, but it, 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 I think it becomes pretty transparent that these people are just, just douchebags. Yeah, they, yeah, they, and there's douchebags in anything. There's, mm-hmm. uh, as, much as, as much as we love the 12th man, there are douchebags in the 12th man. Like, there there's are douchebags a lot. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> there's more and more every win they get. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's the other part about, like, I'm nowhere as near the level of beer knowledge as you are, but, I mean, I would consider myself a beer nerd. Oh, and yeah. the way that I got to that level is that I just try new beers. Like, yeah. that's kind of the mantra of me as a beer nerd is, like, this beer, Beyond the Pale Pale Ale from Fishtail Ales, I've never had it before. That's why I bought it. Like, right. I just want to try beers that i've never had before if i go to the supermarket i'm looking for beers that i've never had that are in my price range and i I buy it i agree i agree that if you if you want to be a um a craft beer a true craft beer geek or fan or whatever you should be willing to help people get introduced to it because guess what you weren't born drinking beer exactly everyone started somewhere yeah and so um yeah, you should be willing to help people learn it, especially because the more people you help learn, the more successful the industry is going to be. And theoretically, at least, you want this to you know continue to thrive as an industry. Yep. Guess what? There's there was craft beer out there when it was super niche, mm-hmm. and you couldn't get it anywhere. It was called Belgian beers, and that's all you had. And I think <laughs> most craft beer fans feel like we're better off having you know craft beer domestically. Exactly. Yeah, but good uh, good article, uh, JR. Thanks for uh, calling in. Uh, we have a couple more emails, but I'm actually going to save those for the Facebook Roundup. So Dennis and Angela, we're going we're gonna to address those a little later in the show because we got to get to it, guys. Yeah. So let's do a little Tiny Matt roll-off and uh, see who gets to talk first on the show. We're each going to roll a 20-sided die to see who wins the cast and gets to speak first. Here we go. 
I rolled a 18. Damn, dude. Two weeks in a row yeah. for you, man. I rolled a 12. All right. A little bit above average, but not good enough to beat you, Jesse. So what is your first topic this week? I'm actually going to bump up Dennis Kleinbeck's email to nice. a segment. Woo! So I, I don't know what music to play, but Just one this, second. Is the Den- this is Dennis Watch. Dennis Watch. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit about the CX. So I'm going to play this one. There you go. I love when Dennis uh, calls in and leaves his voicemail. <laughs> I do too. That was him, right? Yeah. He, he, I feel like Dennis Kleinbeck is probably just Richard Sherman using an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the listeners out there who are like, oh, Jesus, will you stop talking about the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah. Uh, it should be over by next week. So Yeah, there might be a little bit of talk at the beginning of the show, but we're definitely off NFL talk at topics until next November. So we do I have the time. pretty football heavy. But. The time codes are posted in the description. So if you want to move ahead, you could just jump right to the next segment. Just look for the time codes. I do that every but week for you. know that Dennis always brings uh, interesting stuff to the table. And so because he's German. This, he's a German yeah. man. Sorry. This is a German man saying, I'm attending a Super Bowl watch party on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I like I, <laughs> I like that word, a watch party. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Germany, Sunday night slash Monday morning. Got it. Gauza. Is there anything you consider essential for such an event or better stated, how does one watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> I hope you... <laughs> I just love that question. How does one watch the Super Bowl? I hope you didn't cover this in the last cast because I haven't had time to give it a listen. Anyway, I hope you do well and everything's cool across the pond. So have a nice week. Get off my back and go Seahawks given this special occasion. Smiley face. Dude, Dennis Kleinbeck. I think we single-handedly spawned a 12th man in Germany. I've actually never hosted – this is more of a question for mm. you because I've never hosted a Super Bowl party. Right, right. It's a big responsibility. Well it's – like, It's almost like hosting a Christmas party for your family or something. A Christmas party for my family? I'm not even – like, <laughs> come on, man. That's like a barrel of chocolate-covered pretzels and we're good. Maybe yeah, a secret exactly. Santa. So, uh, I mean, it, it kind of <laughs> depends on um, what you want your viewing experience to be. Well, okay. I remember I was talking earlier in the year to a friend of the show, Dan Morford, and he was mm-hmm. saying, like, yeah, if the Seahawks go to the Super Bowl, I can't watch it anywhere mm-hmm. because I'm going to be too mad at all the other people. I can't handle oh. it when other people are talking during the game. Oh, okay. Well, and I, I think I'm in his camp. Well, so I, I've cocooned myself for I've cocooned myself for this uh for the Super Bowl because um First of all, like I have this nice group of friends that I that I hang out with a, a lot here in Seattle, and they're my softball team. We met through Reddit. We're we're the Reddit softball team. This winter, we've been playing football every Saturday. It's a great group of people. We go to pub trivia. We have a great time. Unfortunately, one of the people in the group is from Buffalo, New York, but inexplic- inexplicably is a Denver Broncos fan, and he is the only one in the group. <laughs> Who is hosting the Super Bowl party? So oh. I cannot go to that game, dude. And not only is he hosting the Super Bowl party, but he's also posting a bunch of antagonistic stuff 
in the event in, in the event page on Facebook saying like you know showing like Peyton Manning's fifty five touchdowns this year and stuff. It's like I w- like I know it's all good fun, dude, but I would not be able to handle that environment. I need a hundred percent Seahawk zone for this proverbial away team, isn't it? I mean, doesn't it show your grit and tenacity to go? And play in a away game like that? Or do you, you just want the home field advantage? Well, dude, I just can't handle it. Man. I, <laughs> I, I can't handle it. I would not be able to handle having another person. It would ruin my entire experience having someone rooting for the other team in the same room as me. Yeah. Therefore, I, I, I have cocooned my myself. Who, uh, oh. I just talked to my buddy who had just spent time in Northern California. Mm-hmm. I guess he went to a, uh, a, Niner, a Niners watch party for the NFC championship game and uh everyone there was like season ticket holders and the type of people who like bought the seats at a candlestick when they were demolishing uh-huh. it like that hardcore and he and his he and one other person were like the only Hawks fans. Right. So I mean it'd be something like that but But I, mean, I wouldn't do that either. I, I wouldn't do that to the other people. Like right. if I lived in Denver, I would look for a Seahawks party to go to. Because I don't want to be that guy either. I don't know, and I'm not. I'm not. He, you know, he's a very nice guy. He's opened up his home to our group of friends. He just happens to like the Denver Broncos, and he has. He's a fan. He's a. He's an actual Broncos fan. I can't fault him for that. I'm just saying I can't handle it. I can't handle going over there and having a root for the other team. It won't work. So I've cocooned yeah. myself. We've invited a select group of people to come and be in our cocoon for the Seahawks Super Bowl. Well, if you get a sleeper agent, though. It's not going to happen. that turns out is a Bronco fan. Well, I could show them the door real quick. <laughs> real <Would> quick. Really? <laughs> what? Would you really? Uh, no. I, I, I've been to I – I hosted a Super Bowl party once. It was when the Cardinals were playing the Steelers. I think everybody understands my hate for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had a Steeler fan. She grew up in West Pennsylvania. I can't fault her for liking the Steelers. She came wearing yellow and black overalls. I did not throw her out. <laughs> so I, it's, it's not, I, I would just, it would ruin my experience, but I, you know, like most things that I get annoyed with, I would just be really quiet and brood in my own mind. So what's some of the essentials <laughs> then? Chips? For well, one? Chips and beer? The thing with Dennis, so if you're going to do, he, I think he specifically asked what, how do you, how does one watch the Super Bowl? And there of course is your snacks and beer, right? That's mm. all good. That's all well and good. If you're a Seahawks fan, probably a bowl of Skittles would be good just to support mm. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, you should probably get some Skittles. Get some Skittles. Um, but the thing is, so there are basically three aspects of a Super Bowl party. And, you know, especially if your team isn't in the Super Bowl, if you're kind of casually watching the Super Bowl, there's three aspects to the Super Bowl. There, And there's three people who watch the Super Bowl. There are the people who watch for the game. There are the people who watch for the commercials. Mm-hmm. And then there are the people who watch for the halftime show. Right. For the spectacle. Okay. Now, I am a little concerned with Dennis watching this. I, I First of all, Trooper Man, because it starts at 9.30 Germany time. So he's going to be up till midnight, which actually sounds like a pretty good party. Um, yeah. But I don't know if the feed that he's going to get is going to get the Super Bowl commercials that we get in the United States. Because the commercials yeah, are kind of a big part of it. What's that? They'll probably have German commercials. Yeah, probably have German commercials. And the thing is, like, here in America, the Super Bowl is the biggest television event of the year. Everybody watches the Super Bowl. And, in fact, the last few Super Bowls have ranked in the top 
uh, 10 shows of all time. <laughs> so everybody's got their eyes on the Super Bowl, which means that all of the companies bring it and they show all their ads and they come up with clever ads because they want to get the water cooler talk the next day. Right. Um, so if you're watching it for the commercials, hopefully you get the American feed because there should be some good stuff, although the last few years have been kind of clunkers. Uh, the halftime show this year is Bruno Mars featuring Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, Super Bowl halftime shows have been a little miss lately, a little more miss than hit. So there's that. But really, Dennis, I think that the way that you watch this game is you get really into the sports angle of it. Because it's a great, <laughs> it's a really one of the most epic matchups on paper going into a Super Bowl. Number one pass defense, maybe of all time, versus number one pass offense, maybe of all time. It's an immovable uh, object meeting a whatever it is. What is that? <laughs> unstoppable unstoppable force. force meeting an immovable object. So if you really get into the nuts and bolts of what's going on with the players, I think that that's how, that's how at least I like it. Uh, the other part of it, Skittles, hot dogs for sure. And you should have that the schnitzel. On, oh, yeah. on lock in Germantown. And, uh, and of course, a plentiful amount of beer. Basically, Dennis, you're already extremely well equipped to watch a football game because you live in Germany. You couldn't be more equipped from a food angle. Like, just get the krauts, get the pickled stuff, get the mustards, get the schnitzels, get the pretzels. Get the uh, beers. Get his, get the biggest beer thing you could do. So basically, it's Oktoberfest, and then watch the football game. That's it, Dennis. That's yeah. really it. Do you think that he? Un- do you think he understands the rules of football? Because they're pretty complicated. So, um, my my brother in law Dan said that, like when he was in Europe, he was watching a football game, an American football game, and it was actually really helpful because. Instead of going to commercial during the commercial breaks, they would like cut for like a 30 second clip of like NFL, ex NFL players talking about what just happened and why the rules did that and Is why that the rest did That's that. Is that true? That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that would be really helpful for just Amer- a lot of American fans too. Yeah. You got Mike Piera, but that's about it. Yeah. So, also, yeah, figure out what football's about. Because <laughs> there's going to be some stuff you're going to be like, oh, that was an amazing play. And then it'll be like, oh, it got negated. It's just mm-hmm. bring the ball back. Yeah, the main thing true. is you just want to get off the green grass into the blue or orange grass, mm-hmm. and then kick the thing through the yellow stuff. And you want first downs. First downtown. So, uh, yeah, that's basically it. yeah. First downs is basically all you want. First downs and touchdowns. Um, <laughs> so go on Wikipedia read read the rules. I'm sure there's a video somewhere that you can watch, but. Uh, but yeah, like I said, three kinds of people, football people, commercial people, and spectacle people. And this is where they can all come together. It doesn't really matter how well you know the teams or how well uh, you know the scenarios or how well you know the rules. It's all about just getting together, having a good time, partying, and watching a game. And uh, just look at the scoreboard. It'll tell you who's in the lead. But Dennis, we love you. Uh, please write to us and let us know. Or, or give us a call, leave us a voicemail, and let us know. How your personal arrogant Super Bowl party uh, went? And, Do you uh, have any uh, traditions, Super Bowl traditions? I don't. I have my Seahawks tradition, so I'm going to be wearing my um, same outfit that I've worn for the last for the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I bought a Russell Wilson jersey on Amazon.com at the beginning of the season. Pretty sure it's a bootleg. <laughs> and every time that I've worn it, the Seahawks have done badly. So I'm not oh, wearing no. that. Not wearing it. I wore it for the uh, for the Colts game, and I wore it for the Cardinals game. Didn't wear it for the uh, 49ers game, but, you know, it's a pretty even matchup. Uh, so, anyway, I don't have a lot of traditions. I got some Seahawks traditions, so I'm just doing that. And then, like, when I really want the Seahawks to have a good play, I hope I'm not jinxing this. Maybe I shouldn't say it. I'm not going to say it. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Do you have any traditions, Jesse? Well, my rally sword. Right. Oh, God, I need the Meow Meow keyboard. I should have got that this weekend. Yeah, you should have stolen God. my daughter's toy for sure. Yep. And uh, so I got the I got the rally sword, and uh, I learned a new one last week, mm-hmm. which um, I I got through my sister, which is apparently in Australia. For good luck, you're supposed to eat a meat pie one-handed. Mm-hmm. And my mom made these meat pies, so I ate it one-handed. <laughs> and the Seahawks did win, so I think there's something to that one. Like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, actually, uh, Dennis, in honor of the Super Bowl, and in honor of, I guess this is the end of our Super Bowl segment talks, I'm going to play you a little German inspired Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl song. Here it is. <laughs> Super Bowl. Super Bowl, and uh, to all the listeners who don't li- who don't like sports, I think that's almost done. So, <laughs> thanks for very yeah, with it's us. almost over. Uh, baseball <laughs> season's coming up, so look forward to all that hot talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> what season's... do you think about Wedge this year? Wedge is no no longer the manager. He got fired, oh. or he quit. <laughs> he literally he quit. quit. He just quit. He literally quit. Like I go back to school. That's literally what happened. He he literally quit the team. Like, <laughs> He's maybe the I'll manager, be a and he doesn't have any other prospects. It's not like he left to go somewhere else. He just like <laughs> I quit. How crazy quit. is that? You have two polar opposites in franchises between the Mariners and the Seahawks. That's hilarious. Oh. Anyway, all right, Jesse. That's all for Super Bowl this week. Yeah. Oh, let's put a fork in it, and I think we can both agree on go Hawks. Yeah, but if they win, we're not allowed to talk about it. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> moving on. Actually, I got a little bit of a uh, little bit of a sports topic for my second, for my first topic. Uh, so we'll just call this. Uh, actually, it's a little bit of baseball talk, but not not. Oh base- God, I was kidding about that. Not baseball talk the way that you think it. So it's got a, it's got an interesting twist, and I think you like it, Jesse. In a little segment we're calling baseball. Baseball. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a sports extravaganza, and I'm enjoying it. Okay. So Jesse, I was, I was, you know, you know my, you know my propensity for for fitted hats, right? Uh, can you kind of, can you just give the listener a little idea of how much I love fitted hats? Eric likes fitted hats. Yep. Pretty much nailed it. Uh, so I was looking through fitted hats and one of the things that I love about fitted hats and especially, I mean, I like, I only get officially licensed hats. I don't like to get the hats that have all of the, the, the designs and the, 
the mock-ups and the, the, the stitching. I just want the hat that they wear on the field. That's the yeah. hat that I have for the Seahawks. That's the hat that I have for the Mariners. When the Seahawks switched to new era, I got rid of my Reebok Seahawks hat. I bought a new era Seahawks hat. I need the hat that they're wearing on the field. This is what mm-hmm. I do. Okay. That, does, that the football players are wearing on the field. Exactly. Well, they on the sideline. Uh, so I was looking through uh, some hats because one of my favorite hats to look at are not Major League Baseball hats because, I mean, there's only 30, 30 of those, right? Um, what I really like are the Minor League Baseball hats. So I was looking through Minor League Baseball hats, and then I realized how crazy some of these teams are, Jesse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of... You know, there's a lot of standard guys. This is the Tacoma Rainiers, not that great. Um, there's uh, the 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 Yakima Bears, yeah, kind of blah. But there are some people who really decided to bring it when they named these minor league baseball teams. Uh, starting off with the Akron Rubber Ducks, because apparently, really? yeah, apparently there's a big uh, Goodyear factory in Akron, so you can get an officially licensed uh, Akron Rubber Ducks hat. Uh, there is the Albuquerque Isotopes, of course. Yeah, which that was awesome. Are basically have the exact same logo as from The Simpsons. Um, what else we got here? We got the uh, the Bativ- Batavia Muck Dogs. I like that one. I like the Bowling Green Hot Dog or Hot Rods. <laughs> I like the hot dogs. The hot dogs would be good. <laughs> uh, what else we got? The Charlotte Stone Crabs. Hmm. I like that one. Um, the Corpus Christi hooks. I'm just hooks? literally, yeah, the hooks like, like they're Captain Hook? like yeah. Well, they're like fish hooks because apparently there's oh. a lot of fishing there in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, one of my favorites, the El Paso Chihuahuas. Right. The Erie Sea Wolves. I gotta say, the Everett Aqua Sox is a pretty good one. Yeah. Um. What else we got? We got the loons. We got. The Crawdads, we got the uh, the Shuckers, the Idaho Falls Shuckers. Shuckers is good. Uh, we got the Blue Claws, the Jet Hawks, the Iron Pigs, the Hillcats, the Rockhounds, <laughs> the Missoula Osprey, which I like because it's kind of called the Seahawks. Mm. Um, what else we got? Uh, the Blue Wahoos from Pensacola. That's bizarre. Then again, it's not that bizarre. The Richmond Flying Squirrels. Um, San Antonio Missions. That one's a little on the ball. Uh, one of my favorites down here, the Vermont Lake Monsters, which I really love. Uh, and so Jesse, I you know I know you're not a huge uh I know you're not a huge baseball fan. But minor league baseball is like the craft brewing of baseball. Yeah. Right? It's like, uh, oh, I, I didn't even mention the Hillsboro Hops. Yeah, Jesse. that's the one I thought you were going to be getting at. That's my favorite. Of course. And you could get a hat. It's so cool. It's a hop wearing a hat. And it's literally yeah. a beer hop. It's one of those dilemmas like the uh, the Dolphins where the Dolphin was wearing a helmet that's not the Dolphin's helmet. Right. <laughs> Because <laughs> otherwise it would just be Infinity Vision. 
<laughs> which is that bad? It would just go on forever. I think that's awesome. I'm also I'm at the Hillsboro Hops website, mm-hmm. and then there's a big picture here. It's got their mascot, which is a big hop. It's just, right. It doesn't really look that good. But then someone has a a sign that says "We Heart Barley." Why not? But why shouldn't it be "We Heart Hops"? Well, I have like a f- this is almost like barley should be like the antagonist to the hops. <laughs> I think you're overthinking this a little bit. <laughs> I just find it bizarre. I'm wondering what the we love. Oh, barley's probably the name of the hop mascot. No. What? No, it, that would be the worst. <laughs> I think that you the can't real- name your hop mascot barley. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the real tragedy here is that this is a Class A affiliate for the Arizona Diamondbacks instead of the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, That's I guess tragedy. they like moved out of Yakima or something. Oh, really? So, oh, dude, if they were the Yakima Hops, come on, I'm yeah, getting a jersey. The, that'd be the best. Huh. I'm looking them up on Wikipedia here. All right. Um, so Jesse, anyway, I, I, so I know you're not a huge fan of baseball, but, ba- but like I said, minor league baseball is basically the craft brewing of baseball. So like you, we could even make a stadium that is a brewery, which I think is a great idea. Captive audience, right? <laughs> stadium brewery, minor league base baseball team. But we need to figure out what our personal arrogance, fa- uh, minor league baseball team is going to be. So the first thing we have to do, what's that? Oh, go on. Okay, so the first thing we have to do is figure out what a f- what what team we're going to be affiliated with. Now, I think there's probably two options here. I think that we have the Seattle Mariners, of course, homers, and then we have the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I so, like Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, if we're going to have a brewery in the stadium, we got to be the Milwaukee Brewers affiliate, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, second of all, we got to pick the city. Do you have any ideas for a city for minor league baseball? But it's like it—it it, you can be anywhere and still it, we don't have to be near Milwaukee Mm-mm. or anything. Mm-mm. Okay, what about St. Louis? Anywhere in the country. Well, St. Louis already has a major league baseball team. It's got to oh. be a little bit smaller. Um, what about like um, Bend. That's exactly where I thought you were going. <laughs> Bend, Oregon. <laughs> I think that that's the perfect place, and I like it because then, like, when you have a curveball, you can call it a bend ball. Mm, the old bender. Give him a bender bend. Game. Bend bender. Oh, God, the bend. He went on a bender with that one. I don't know why I'm from the 20s. <laughs> ah, he went on a so Do you? I learned today why why they spoke like that. Like, why they speak with a at the front of the mouths like that? Is it like, it's probably like some sort of recording thing. No, it's actually so it goes. It harkens back to the days of you know people shouting at like boardwalks and stuff, like mm-hmm. "Come to the freak show," like that sort of <laughs> thing. And the the reason why they do it is they do it because you can shout at the front of your mouth, and it doesn't make you don't lose your voice when you do that voice. So you can oh, like really? shout all. It's it makes it makes a loud volume, and you can shout all day, and you won't lose your voice. Wow, that trick was discovered by the world's most annoying person. <laughs> god that was funny thank you Uh, (laughs) um yeah i just think it's funny because it also kind of shows why it died out 
Because with right. like with like the advent of radio, you no longer needed to yell. You could just like talk. You could, yeah. just, you could just speak into the. It's uh, funny that it, it like survived into sports announcers yeah. for a while there, though. Well, he's got a real wicked pisser. <laughs> what? A wicked pisser. That's like a it's a Bostonian term. Uh, anyway, for a bathroom or what? No, it's like a it's like something. If someone's badass, it's a wicked pisser. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Weird. Move to Boston, man. They're crazy. Oh, I'm not gonna. Um. <laughs> I've been there in the winter. It's not not nice. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so, and I, I just checked. So, Bend, Oregon does not have a baseball team. So, okay. So, we have the, the, the Bend uh, minor league baseball team. They are an affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, what's our mascot, man? Well, I like let, the... Sorry. Figure out what the team name should be. That's what I'm talking about. What the team name is. Let me just throw the out name. some. Uh, let me throw out some like brewing terms mm-hmm. there. Some mm-hmm. like more uh, obscure ones. Like it. And uh, let's just see. So we got like mash, mashing. The mash sparge. tons. The mash tons, maybe. The mash tons. We got sparging. Uh, we Ooh. got like racking arms. Mm. Uh, there's a thing called stillage. There's cask, maybe something cask related. Mm-hmm. The caskers. Mm, that's not great. Okay. Uh, I I kind of like I'm running out of brew terms here. <laughs> I kind of like the bend bend. Sorry, what? Oh, there's pit because technically when you add yeast to beer, it's called pitching. Okay. So you like you you pitch the yeast. The bend pitchers, though, I don't know. <laughs> the yeast bend yeast pitchers. <laughs> I, I kind of like the Bend Benders. Mm, the Benders. Yeah. I could go on with Benders. The Bend Benders. Draw some uh, criticism because it's like promoting alcoholism a little bit. Yeah, like the Milwaukee Brewers isn't. Well, you know, it could be like the Milwaukee Responsible Brewers. <laughs> the, Milwaukee drink- <laughs> the Milwaukee Drinkers of Responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could be like the benders who never drink and drive. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be our n- mascot is like no drivey. No, the does the DD the DD DD the mascot. I yeah. love it. <laughs> DD the mascot is just like a dude, and he's like really sober. He just looks like, really <laughs> and sober. the the fans like. Oh, he launches <laughs> a. He has like one of those t-shirt cannons, but he uses it to launch a uh, bottled water. Love it. At people. <laughs> the Ben Benders, DD. Though the thing that I love, you know, there's a couple of stadiums that do this. There's uh, in in Milwaukee, and this so this could be a tradition of the of the of the franchise of the organization, right? Uh, in Milwaukee, during I don't know when they do it during the game, but they have the the brat race. So they have like the Italian sausage and the German sausage and the American sausage, and they like do a race around. They, they're in these big stupid costumes and they like run around the field. <laughs> but you could do that, but you could have four different kinds of beer, and they chase DD, and he like runs away from them. Yeah, and they all like stumble drunkenly around. Right, and he just runs. And he away. gets to do like fun tricks. Yeah, like, trick him in certain ways because he's all sober and clear-minded. <laughs> the thing that he does it's is really a cautionary tale. Yeah, like halfway through the race, he gets in a golf cart and he drives away from them because he's the <laughs> DD. <laughs> and then, uh, and it. then another like one of the one of the beers like Stouty. Mm-hmm. He'll like try and get in another golf cart, and then like uh, <laughs> DD's 
the oh sidekick, who's also the Bat Boy, like yeah. comes out dressed as a cop and like arrests Love him. Love it. Officer it's DD awesome. says, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> actually, that's what DD should be. Is he should just be a cop. <laughs> a big comical cop. Yeah, big comical cop. Mm-hmm. I love it, dude. That's what that's what should happen. Is it should be a go kart race with the four beers, and then he pulls them all over before they can finish. <laughs> My favorite part is the dazing and the beating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we did. I think we have a uniquely. If, if Pale Ailey gets a detached retina, everyone gets free Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a uniquely personal arrogance uh, minor league baseball yeah. team here. Uh, what? So, what are some? Because like all the beers, all the beers are brewed on site, right? And then, um, so they got to be like, uh, oh, dude, I kind of have a great name for the Bend team. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the Bend Growlers. Oh, the Growlers is great. The Growlers. The Growlers. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, it is better. <laughs> and then you yeah. can have like a cool like like your your uh you know you could have like a whole predator type of thing so you could have like a bear or whatever like a grizzly bear could be your guy the br- and, but the the benders would be the name of the uh the giant guys in uh pint giant right. pint class costumes right. that yeah. entertain everyone but what <laughs> what would some of the names be for the oh for the, the beers on site well so Pyramid already brews the curveball spring <laughs> ale. It could be like the grounder pounder. Love it. The um, grounder pounder. That's that's a session ale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you got the. Uh, the I, I would say like the hot corner, uh, hop hoppy IPA. There you go. There you go. I don't know enough baseball terms. You throw out the baseball terms, and I'll try and make a name. Okay, double play. Oh, double play IPA. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty obvious. How about the infield fly? Mm. The infield fly. See, I don't really like associating the word fly with beer. <laughs> what are you? Walt, Walter White? Ha <laughs> <It could> be... <laughs> Breaking bad joke. You don't get mm. it. I don't get it. It could be like, uh, that could be like the lambic. Spontaneously I, I was thinking, fermented. Well, I was thinking infield fly rye. Oh, there you go. You're yeah. better at this than how about, I am. How about the infield rye? That would Infield be good. Rye. Yeah. Uh, how about the double switch? Uh, yeah. The... I'm having a hard time with this. Actually, <laughs> I proposed this game, but I'm not doing very well. <laughs> about the double switch? Uh... Oh God! Oh, it's got to be like something. So like it changes, like the flavor changes. It's like the double switch. <laughs> it's got four different flavors. It could be like a black and tan. Yeah. Exactly. Or and you could just have like the relief, which is like your just your lager. Yeah. Relief, relief. lager. The sweet relief of lager. <laughs> yeah, and then the closer the closer imperial stout. <laughs> yeah. That'll end your night. That'll just end there, your night. Could like the pitchers actually like you could order a pitcher of beer, but it's actually like shaped like a pitcher I and love you like it. pour it out of his extended arm. Yes, I love it. Give me a pitcher. <laughs> Every every pitcher, uh, you have to put a hundred and fifty dollar deposit down on the glass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, I think that we did it, man. We yeah, did it. that would be so. 
That would be so fun to go to bed and watch a minor league game that has a brewery on site. I'm telling you, man, I think it's a good business model. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get uh, let's get this shit on Kickstarter right away. <laughs> I'm gonna kickstart a minor league oh, baseball. Team. That would be incredible. Let's kickstart a minor league baseball it, team. Why not? How much, money, how much do you think it would cost? Oh, you gotta rent the stadium. I don't know. It'd probably be like a. I, I bet you could do it for a million bucks. And get all the players. Well, the, no, the players are given to you by the team. So they're furnished there, and then and then you just need you need so to. So we're start building a stadium and well, a brand, or if you could find a place that already has a stadium. Uh huh. But yeah, you need a stadium, and you need a brand, and uh, you need startup money. Yeah. But if we're talking, we're talking like single A affiliate, so tiny little stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's do it, man. Let's kickstart this shit. We really should, just to see. Yeah, why not? You never know. Yeah, we'll start off as an independent league team, and then we'll work our way up. All right, Jesse. Uh, well, I think it's time to move on to trivia. I think we yeah, really let's... nipped this one in the bud, man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're going to do Genus 1 Trivial Pursuit. I'm rolling a 6 The, the Hops could be our arch rival, too, because they're from oh, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they are? Yeah, they're Hillsboro, Oregon. I thought they were like Hillsboro, Tennessee or something. No, it's, a, it's an Oregon thing. I bet you Hillsboro's right next to Bend. I don't know where this is. Let's find out. God, <laughs> we should make a pilgrimage this summer to the Hillsboro Hops game. We should. That'd be a lot of fun. Wouldn't it? We can stop in Bend and we can No, it's not uh, really camping. near Bend. It's actually just like uh, kind of south of Vancouver, Washington, south of, a little south of Portland. Or, Let's yeah. do it, man. Hillsboro Hops. Let's do it. Do do a road trip. We'll go there, spend the night at some campsite, and then go out. Yeah, to go bend. camp. Yeah, go to Portland. Go to Portland. Go to Bend. I like it. We're selling tickets. If you want to come hang out with us, a thousand dollars, and you can come hang out with us. Yep, for the low low, low price. We're kickstarting uh, hanging out with us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna do Genus One a Trivial Pursuit. Uh, I'm gonna roll a six sided dice, see which topic we talk about, and here we go. Rolling a two. It's entertainment, Jesse. We got to bite the bullet here. We did well with uh, arts and literature, so maybe we'll do this. Okay. Okay, Jesse, this question's for you. What does Oscar stand on? Uh, it stands on like a pedestal? I, uh, a book. I, I guess a book? A script? I believe he stands on film reels. I get, the answer is a reel of film. Yeah, I think that's. You gonna give that enough. to me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? He says. <laughs> you said exactly what it was. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? That? <laughs> well, actually. Uh, okay, this question's for me. How much did Doctor Joyce Brothers win answering questions in the boxing on the sixty and answering questions on boxing on the sixty-four thousand dollar question? I'm just going to go with $64,000. <laughs> I'm going to go with $0 because he lost it all. Uh, Joyce Brothers is a woman, and the answer is $64,000. Double wrong on that for you, Jesse. <laughs> they strike a point. Yeah. Uh, Jesse's question's <laughs> for you. Who made the most appearances in the center square on Hollywood Squares? Uh, that'd be Bruce Valanche. <laughs> I think he made the most appearances not in the center square. I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know, um, 
uh, Dr. Joyce Brothers. Paul Lind. Paul Lind. <laughs> Why are we doing? Oh, I guess he got one of yeah, them right. I got two of them right, man. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing well. <laughs> All Shit. of our 70-year-olds are yelling at their headphones right now. <laughs> this question is for me. What film was the last for Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable? God, I know this. Oh, God. Um, but it doesn't, it's not good pod if I, if I sit here and try to room on it. God, it's, it's, it's written, it was, God, it's by Henry Miller. Uh, uh I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know. The, I'm going to say the searchers. Uh, I wasn't right. paying attention, Eric, because I'm, I'm looking here on the, uh, Hillsboro Hops website, and it turns out it is Barley, the Hops mascot, which is one of the stupidest things in the history of the world. Why it's Barley and Hops? But it is a giant hop. <laughs> just, just name him Hoppy and get over, get it over with, name guys. Him Ho- or guess what? There's such great hop names. I don't know. Maybe Cascade, <laughs> Chinook, Columbus, Centennial, Citra, Mosaic. All right, now you're getting into the. Now you're getting into the territory. I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> giving you great names for your mascot. Besides Barley, the thing that he is not. <laughs> Technically, both like, plants. Technically, both like, plants. It's like the Seahawks mascot was named like Leopard or Eagle. <laughs> yeah, technically both birds. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the the movie was The Misfits. I've seen it, I just couldn't remember Speaking the title. Speaking of Misfits, what a misfit name for your <laughs> giant hop. How do you miss the ball on this one so badly? It's a giant hop. I don't know, let's name him Barley. <laughs> Alright, Jesse, let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> What's your second topic? Um, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted. Love the rant, there. though. Love the rant. So I have a brief what's worse than a punch in the face. Is it wor- Oh, wait, we have one of these. Here it is. Is it worse than a punch in the face? So I guess I'll just start with, I don't know, naming your giant hop mascot Barley. <laughs> the name. <laughs> I think it's worth it just to hear you rant about it. It's so dumb. This is this is why we'll make great rivals for the hops. I love it. The growlers, man. The growlers are coming for you. <laughs> coming for you, Barley the Hop. Rawr. What the hell even is that? <laughs> I think we I'm Barley the Hop. I think we should get a barley, uh, like a what are those called? A thing of barley and name it Hop. I'm so I'm so, <laughs> I'm so mad about this. All right. <laughs> okay. So, um, here's something that happened to me, to me today. My uh, my daughter, Russell Nisha, was mm-hmm. uh, drinking away from her sippy cup. I noticed it was getting low. I was right. like, oh, let me uh, get you some fresh water for that. I go into the, into the kitchen. I dump it in the sink, and I realize that was the last of the juice. Oh. It wasn't water. Oh. And then I just filled it up with water and gave it back to her. I felt like such a jerk. <laughs> I took her. I took the last of her juice away and poured it down the drain and came back with water. Like Meh. that stings. I would be so mad if I was her. Yeah, but like, where is she? Like, you're you've you you're the dad here, and where is she in her developmental cycle? I'm just wondering uh, if she like when she you took the cup she away. Likes juice a lot. She likes what? 
She likes juice. Oh, I thought you said booze. <laughs> no. Did you think I was saying booze this whole time? I don't know. Juice. Juice. <laughs> Apple juice. I just wonder, like, uh, like you know, there's that stage in, like, childhood development where, like, everything that happens, like, they just assume that that's, like, going to be that way for the rest of time. So, well, like, that stings. I'm hungry, which now means that I'm just going to be hungry for the rest of the time. Or I'm sad, which means I'm this is just reality now, and I'm just going to be sad for the rest of the time. I just, I'm almost out of juice, so my dad's going to take the very <laughs> last of it and dump it down the drain no, for the rest of the time. That's what I'm wondering, is like, maybe she was like, once you took the juice away, she's like, I'll never have juice again. Um, and then you brought I back the so. water, and she's like, well, at least I got water. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think for you, worse than a punch in the face for her, not. Okay, good. <laughs> Just your guilt is, is the bad part. So number t- m- number uh, three of four here. Okay. So I'm on my third iPod. Oh, God. Right. iPod Touch, whatever. And they've all started to shit the bed in the same way. Right. Which is like uh, the iPhone, the, the, the headphone jack, like... I'll suddenly lose hearing in like one ear of the thing, and I have to kind of wiggle the the i the the headphone jack in right. the headphone jack receiver. Yeah, and like it's just I, from here on out, it's just a gradual slide into completely losing hearing in one earbud, and then just you know is 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 dead from there. And I'm thinking like. You make iPods. Maybe the he- the headphone jack is important. I think the headphone jack is an important part of the iPod, but it seems <laughs> to be the first thing that fails every time. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm kind of with you, man. I think that you posted something on Facebook a while ago. It's like, I'm done with Apple products. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be morbid here, but ever since Steve Jobs died, Apple's gone down the shitter in terms of quality. I do well. I do want to say that this is a this is a legacy that began during the reign of Steve Jobs, from my perspective. Well, the no, headphone so, jack crapping out thing has happened time and again. Well, listen to this. So my sister had a similar experience today. She posted this on Facebook today. She said, "I bought Apple Care when I first bought my iPhone. I made it about a year and a half before I dropped it, and the screen broke. I got a replacement refurbished iPhone." Uh, promptly after the 90-day warranty on my replacement phone uh, went away, the damn thing started doing strange things, crashed all the time, now not getting cell service. The genius at the Apple store said it was hardware and that I was out of luck. My Apple Care expired as well on January 15th. So she just got a Google phone. Yeah, this is the thing. Like The Dalai Lama says like material, material things are bad because eventually they either break and they make you mad or... Mm. They get outdated, and you get jealous of other people's stuff. And eventually, like, no matter what it is, you know, mat- attachment to material things will eventually disappoint you, which is what has happened to me. But yeah. I've come to terms with this, like, by breaking phones and stuff. Like, I'm fine with it as long as I buy the cheapest phone <laughs> and know that I'm going to be feel fine when this thing finally breaks. Yeah. So I have, like, a $25 phone. If it if it broke right now, I'd be like, well, I actually got my $25 out of this thing. I need like a $25 MP3 player that I can just do podcasts on. Yeah. And then when the headphone jack goes out after nine months, I'll be like, eh, whatever. I got my 25 bucks from it. 
Well, I think those do exist. I know. I need to figure <laughs> out what, what one to get. Well, I'm going to say that Apple products in general, lately, worse than a punch in the face. Okay. This is the final one. Okay. So this this happens to me. Um, I'm sure it happens to you. It, it kind of began like when I was in college and people would be like, I'd be at a party, you know, and college parties. It's always like, Who, uh, so what's your major? Like, that's the first right. thing you ask anyone. Yep. And I would I'd be like, uh, oh, yeah, my major is history. And people would be like, oh, I hate history. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. that's fine. Yep. It happens to me now, actually, when people are like, so what do you do? I'm like, I'm a brewer. And they're like, oh, I hate beer. I don't like beer. Mm-hmm. And people go out of their way to explain that they don't like. And like, I never asked your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, if you're a mechanic, I wouldn't be like, oh, I hate cars. <laughs> like, yeah, people I... go out of their way to tell you that they hate the thing you do. I've run into similar situations. I, I, I make it a point not to divulge where I work on this podcast. Yeah. But needless to say, I work for a company that you probably have heard of. And every time I tell somebody that I work for this company, well, it's not every time. But, like, I was at my wife's Christmas party, and I told her friends that I work for this company. And they're like, oh, God, I hate it. Like, just, like, <laughs> why, after I tell you that, are you going to say that to me? Like, are I you, would never, like, who like, is why? the person I would. It's one thing if you say that if you're just being honest in the situation before I tell you, like you could be as honest as you want. I'm like, oh, that's your personal opinion. But after I tell you, it's like, oh, I guess fuck me then. I just like all I do is just make people angry. I think it's especially weird with beer, man. Yeah. Oh, I hate beer. It's too bitter. Immediately, like you should just be like, yeah. Immediately, should be like, all right, bye. No, just like, like, yeah, you know, it's not for everyone. And then, like, well, I especially don't like IPAs. I don't know why they're so popular now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if you don't like bitter beer, you're probably not going to like an IPA. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I've I've been getting that off and on for a while. We're so punch in the face? Uh, Yeah, because I've experienced it as well. Okay. If we've both that's experienced it. That's it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, for my second topic this week, I'm going to talk about uh, video games. Here we go. Finish him. All right. Well, this week, big, big thing happened in EVE Online, Jesse. Have you heard about this? Yeah, you know, I almost brought this up as a topic because it's so cool. Wages' largest war in its 10-year history. Apparently, more than 2,200 players decided to battle it out in this online MMO spaceship game called EVE Online. Where basically you, you get factions, you live in this universe, you live in a gal- or a bunch of universes or galaxies or whatever. They all came together, and the thing about EVE Online that's very interesting is that you could buy these ships using hours of gameplay as currency, or they're also just worth money in real life. Yeah. Uh, you know, very... It, it is weird, like, I mean, people sell their World of Warcraft carriers, characters for, like, thousands, hundreds or thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's just a digital thing, but there's, like, digital commodities out there. Yeah. That exists, you know, just for funsies. 
Yeah, and that's what these Eve ships are. Like these Eve Online ships, they've been, they've historically sold for I don't know how much the the most one, but I'm pretty sure it was over a million dollars for the most expensive Eve Online ship. No, I'm pretty sure a million real dollars. Uh, let's I'll, I'll look it up. Because uh, that would be pretty crazy. I, if you could sell one of these things for a million dollars, like I would quit my job and just start playing this game and selling ships. <laughs> um. Okay, I may have been completely wrong. <laughs> okay. Um. I, I'm guessing like eleven thousand dollars though is not out of the question. There's an article here. Uh, Eve Online player loses eleven thousand dollars ship. Most expensive ship lost. In Eve Online. Wow. So that's the thing about eleven thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's that's the crazy thing about Eve Online is these things are worth moolah, and apparently the estimates, and this is from yesterday, so I don't know what they are today, but the estimates from yesterday are that the amount of ships lost in this giant battle in an online video game, people, is over two hundred thousand dollars worth of sh- of digital ships have been lost in this battle. How crazy is that? That's the definition of crazy. <laughs> the thing that I love about this, so this is a story that's been making the rounds, especially in gaming circles lately. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, you can you can debate the merits of of putting monetary value on digital assets within a video game, um, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, this is amazing. This is something that's never happened before in in human history, right? It's an online battle in a digital space with $200,000 worth of casualties. Yeah. All for fun. I wonder who's like, there's got to be like a, like bankers or someone watching this Mm -hmm. because of like the implications of everything that's going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of crazy, man. I mean, the amount of money on the line is insane. Um, Yeah. So Jesse, I would be so pissed if my thing was worth eleven thousand dollars and it died in a video game. I would be pissed. Well, but you don't have to. You don't have to take part in the battle. Like you're making yeah. a choice to. I mean, to people be in the are battle. choosing to do this. I'm I'm surprised that there's so hard and fast no backsies in this game. <laughs> I know. It's like right? you die in World of Warcraft, it's like yeah, you just get resurrected. Yeah, this is permadeath, man. Yeah, that's raw. So, Jesse, to do this, I sent you a link. Um, right. And uh, to those of you who are who are pining for some uh, uh, Night's Watch, uh, bald move Night's Watch action, um, there's actually a very interesting um, back and forth between two of our bald movers, uh, every, everybody's favorite person in the world, Aaron Hubbard and, uh, and Mad Brew himself. And uh, so I just thought we could do a dramatic reenactment, uh, you and I, of this Facebook thread between the two of them. And, uh, well, you know, we could stop at any time. Oh, my God. There are so many comments on this. We're not going to get through all 33 comments. (laughs) But this is is the type. So if you've never heard of an MMO, if you've never – don't concern yourself with such things as digital monetary assets – these are the conversations that are happening in nerd circles uh, around this EVE Online battle, this $200,000 in real money battle for fun on the internet. Uh, so I'm going to be playing the role of Aaron Hubbard. Jesse, you're going to be playing the role of Mad Brew. And, and away we go. Here we go. Let me take a breath here. 
Uh, I'm going to try. I can't do, really do the Indiana accent here. Uh, yeah, I can do it when I've been hanging out with him. But I know. It's been too long. Just to give my fellow gamers his perspective. I'm oh, just do, that was not I'm, good. I'm just going to do Rick Grimes. <laughs> I'm going to do Aaron doing Rick, Rick Grimes. Just to give my fellow gamers a perspective, the large ships you see in that furball are 15 miles long. The previous largest battle ever saw three of these destroyed. Today, over 70 were vite. The big, the small blips you see are battleships, cruisers, and dreadnoughts that are the usual big ships in Eve shots like this. You can't even see frigates and smaller at scale, much less the fighters and drones. Uh, I have. I was going to participate, but the time dilation was crazy stupid, so I just stayed in my wormhole. 10 to 1 ratio of real-time versus game time. They slow... What? They slow the servers down to accommodate the chaos. Actually, the previous largest battle had 12 titans destroyed. So apparently, I guess if you're in a wormhole, you can go to 10 to 1 ratio of real-time versus game time. I guess it's a real-time game. Uh, Back to Aaron here. Whoa, I didn't know you were playing now. What are you piloting? If it's too it's too bad about the T D, if they had a way to scale this big without slowing down, wow. Uh by the way, BT dubs, money <clears throat> commitment isn't bad if you're cool with the monthly sub involved with most MMOs. Great thing about Eve is that it's skill based and you train skills even when you aren't logged in. You don't have to buy Plex to be effective either. I uh, I can get you a 21-day trial if you want to try it. Yeah, I get that. I have a rudimentary, rudimentary understanding of how money works in the game and how you use it to essentially play for free. I guess it depends on how much of a time sink it is. How much per week do you play? I just found that it takes six weeks of real time to build a Titan. And if you have to do it in a secure space, and you have to do it in a sp- secure space, so... Is this like a game-changing APOC? Did somebody core? Did some? Sorry, <laughs> I can't read. I can't read Aaron. He's too uh, intellectually high for me. Uh, did some core just definitively lose to where it's going to take them months to recover? Mm. Been flying in Eve for about a year. I fly mostly cruisers, battle cruisers, and battleships. About ten hours a week, plus or minus ten hours. Thanks for answering this. <laughs> thanks for answering the second question, Mad Brew. Awesome. <laughs> Are you in one of the top tier core? I was looking to maybe join one of the Reddit groups that encourage new participation. Yeah, PL, the losing coalition, is definitely hurting. There will no doubt be a lot of uh, Titan pilot characters up for sale. You can buy characters with in-game money. I think that's about no. seen. Okay. I think that's seen. So that's wow, the, those are the covers. So I, but I've learned a little bit of this. So first of all... Uh, so these are between like the two main factions, I guess, and one of them is really going to be hobbled by this giant battle because they have these giant ships that have been that take six weeks to make and they're all demolished. Uh, second of all, I guess your pilots don't die with your ships, so you can sell those separately. And then escape pods, baby. Yeah, and then third, uh, Madbrook can get you a twenty-one day trial for free. Nice. So. Anyway, that's our dramatic reenactment of this Eve battle. Thank you for listening. Jesse, are you ready to move on? Uh, Yeah. You mean to the end of the episode? Uh, Yeah, I guess we're going to do the Facebook roundup. But before we do, I want to tell you about the Ball Move Network. Uh, All of our TV podcasts are still on hiatus. 
but you also saw the Game of Thrones trailer, and of course we got Mad Brew and Aaron coming back for that. It's gonna be huge. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, guys, Downton Abbey is blowing up. That means Up Here's Downstairs is blowing up as well. Of course, the lovely ladies from Los Angeles, the Because Show. Listen to them, uh, love them, um, and and listen some more. And uh, and then we're on there as well. Go to baldmove.com and check out all this stuff. Um, and then if you want to get in touch with us, guys, there is a phone number. It's 360-362-0024. You can call that number. Leave us a voicemail. We'll put it on the podcast. I uh, promise nobody will pick up the phone. It just goes straight to voicemail, so don't worry about that if you're a little introver- introverted. You can also give us, or you can also leave us a email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. You can also, <laughs> this is my uh, burping voice, uh, personalarrogance at gmail.com. You can also go on Facebook. We're on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page and the Bald Move Facebook page. Um, uh, what else? We're on Twitter at Personal Podcast. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. We could use your stars, so please do that. Um, and that, uh, do you think we got our we got one one star review. Are you serious? Our first non five star review. Who? Uh, oh, I guess it was just a rating. It wasn't a review. They didn't say anything. But wow, yeah, our streak is over. Shots fired. They didn't even. They didn't even. I I wanted to read the review. Yeah, no, they just clicked the one star button and said screw off. Wow, shots fired, man. So anyway, we got to offset that because what are we at now? Four point nine stars average. No, we're, I, it still says five zero. So. Oh, all right, we're out of uh, statistical. We're, it's just, it's just statistical. but rate and review anyway. But rate and review anyway because we got to combat these guys who are one star and gone. Shot in the dark. One <laughs> the star. One and, gone, one and gone. If you want to, re- if you want to rate us one star, that's fine. But please leave the review. So that mm-hmm. we can then read it on the air and ridicule you. Yeah, for so we can get our feelings hurt. Exactly. Um, but I think that's about it. We're going to move on to the Facebook roundup. Like I said, we are on the Bald Move Facebook page and the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. If you like us on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, each week we post on there. We say we're recording tonight. Uh, what do you want us to talk about? You tell us, and then we talk about it. Uh, before we get to that, I want to talk about uh, this email that we got from our good buddy, Angela. She says... Okay, I had the discussion with my brothers a couple days ago, and I want to get ruling from the arrogance. I just got a new job where I'll be working with young people my age, mid to late 20s, but also rubbing elbows with older people, think elected officials. There will be a lot of social events to attend and probably a lot of booze. So my question is, what is the appropriate alcoholic beverage for business meetings? I know y'all are beer guys, and I love red wine, beer, and whiskey. My brothers and my conversation got kind of involved. Uh, so I understand if you want to paraphrase this or leave it out of the cast entirely. I guess that's not happening. Uh, Jake said beer is always good as a go-to, uh, as long as it isn't swill. Wine also good. Whiskey is good, but I've got to learn to be careful of my buzz. Yeah, that's a that's one to watch. Maker's Mark for for a man or a Manhattan up. Wow, Maker's Mark up as a business drink. That's that's a hardcore business drink. This isn't Mad Men, Angela. Uh, too pretentious. Uh, and I won't be taken too seriously. Nothing fruity or frozen. Nothing that requires more than three ingredients. Here's what we decided. January to February, whiskey drinks, scotch and water. March through August, alternate alternate between gym and ginger ale and beer like Pacifico. September through October, more whiskey. And November to December, Billy's, uh, Billy's on ice. Angela, I think you're going a little too heavy here on the hard A. You're mm. at a business meeting. You need to make sure you're more sober. You're, you're, you're like the most sober person there. 
So you need to keep pace, but you need to be a little bit behind everybody else. Right. Right. Because if you get in front of everybody else, you're going to lose your bearings. And then you it's never the know where you're It's the same way to up. have fun um, at a party, yeah. I think. Yeah. You don't want to be the drunkest guy there. It's actually kind of fun to be a little bit, you know, a mm-hmm. more sober than the average party goer so that you can appreciate their antics. Exactly. So that's why I'm going to go with you, – you said you like red wine and you didn't include it. I'm just saying red wine is good if it's available. I mean, if you're at a business event, there's probably red wine. So just do a little red wine, do a little beer, but just make sure you're going – you're behind. I think that whiskey on the rocks, you're you're already going too far. I say um, take a page out of Fraser Crane's playbook and go with sherry. Yeah, why not? People will think you're, like, insane if you do that. It'll be awesome. <laughs> People will be like, sherry, are you serious? Mm. She ordered a sherry. Have you ever even had sherry? sherry? I've never had it. I just cook with it. I thought it was just for cooking too. Yeah, kind of have to try that. That Angela, she was she was a straight shooter as well. Yeah, with upward uh, management written all over her. Yeah, and and you know we were we got a little tipsy, but it seemed like she was just behind us sober wise, and she kind <laughs> she of kept the bearings just on. Us. Yeah, she kept the bearings on the conversation because uh, mm-hmm. we were drinking straight up whiskey, and she was drinking that sherry. I love mm-hmm. it. Okay, uh, getting the Facebook roundup, Ben says, board game recommendations after having already played Game of Thrones, Carcassonne, Settles of Catan, and Cosmic Encounter. The game that I really want right now is uh, Arkham, or not Arkham, but uh, Eldritch Horror from uh, from Fantasy Flight. Apparently, uh, I, I watched a review on it today, and apparently it's like a 30-minute version of Arkham Horror. So that's mm. the one I want. Yeah, I'll just say Arkham, do Arkham Horror if you've done those ones. Yeah, that would actually be good. If you if you can play Game of Thrones, play Arkham Horror. Uh, John Dominic, JR says, uh, so the Seahawks fan dumped popcorn last week has really honestly flowed totally under the radar nationally. Can you imagine if an Eagles fan did it? Oh, they throw snowballs at Santa Claus. Philadelphia is the home of horrific people. Uh, <laughs> just be glad you're not fighting those stereotypes. Good luck. Well, guy, uh, JR, the, the Philly stereotype has had a long time to fester. You yeah. boo your own team. You boo your own team. JR says, also, worse than a punch in the face, pouring a nice tall glass of great IPA, the last bottle in the case, only to have my wife knock the full glass off the coffee table and all over the carpet. Then I shift gears to an Imperial Porter that she also knocks off the coffee table. <laughs> When throwing a That's dog toy, uh, spilling it in the exact same spot on the carpet, and I was just about to watch the This Old House Hour. Oh, no. <laughs> the This Old House Hour, I think, tips it into worse than a punch in the face. Yeah, I agree. Uh, James, I mean, that is definitely worse than a punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> James says, did you ever – Eric, did you ever finish watching Breaking Bad Thoughts? What do you think of the news that Jonathan Banks, Mike, will be joining the cast of Better Call Saul? I'm now excited about it. Uh, yeah, I finished watching it, Breaking Bad, uh, probably my favorite show of all time, and I'm very excited for Better Call Saul, Better Call Saul, and, of course, the, uh, Ermin Traub returning. Uh, James also says, I'm totally rooting for the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Congrats on making it. Russell Wilson seems like a great dude, and I'm enjoying Sherman and the defense. Any chance that you end your hatred toward the Steelers if the Seahawks win? And I say yes. Mm. The thing with the the Steelers is that I hate the Steelers, but the Steelers don't hate me. Yeah. And San Francisco has filled that void in my heart where <laughs> I can hate the San Francisco 49ers and they can hate me back. 
that's yeah, the good yeah. rivalry that you want. You don't want a you one-sided rivalry. Bed. Yeah, exactly. I can put it to bed. I can. Uh, David says, heard Jesse last week mention something uh, about following the NHL. How would you guys feel if the rumors an ex- if the rumors of an expansion NHL team in Seattle came true? Uh, been listening to the uh, podcast for about two months now, and you guys are great. This podcast is a must-listen. Thank you, David. Uh, well, you. I would love it, dude. I would become an NHL fan instantly. Yeah, me too. I love hockey. I love hockey. I love going to hockey games. I've only been to minor league hockey games, but I love everyone I've been to. And if there was an NHL team here, I'd become a fanatic. Uh, Sean says Game of Thrones, Cosmic Encounter, and Settling in Catan, please. I think we already touched on that. <laughs> nice profile pic, by the way, Sean. He did some goofs on each. Oh. Each got it. Um... Levi says, uh, just won Civ Five with a science victory, but it seems easy compared to the other types. What is the most arrogant way to win Civ Five? I'm going to toss this to the Civ Five Master. Uh, the game I'm playing right now, I'm trying to win with the world leader thing, which is like the UN resolution that just kind of declares you a diplomatic victory. So uh-huh. I've like, I've just become allies with every city state in the game by basically paying them off. <laughs> so I'm hoping they will elect me winner of the game. I think that's pretty arrogant. That sounds arrogant. I like yeah. it. Uh, and then we get two more. Anthony says, hell of a game, hell of a game, which is what Sherman said to Crabtree after the game was over. Not saying it's probably Actually, the... during, Still during the game. I was still during the game. <laughs> Not saying it was necessarily the best thing to do, but he did... You know, he said that he told him nice game after the game or during that during that thing. And uh, that's exactly what he did. Uh, But apparently he's the thug and a person who responds to verbal uh, what he a person who responds to what he interprets as verbal uh, dissing. It's okay to just smack the other guy in the face because that's what Crabtree did. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm okay with that, too. (laughs) He is. He was wearing a helmet. And then finally, Josh says, go Ospreys, which is, of course, the, I don't want to say scientific, but that's actually what a Seahawk is. It's an Osprey. Mm-hmm. All right, Jesse, that's Facebook Roundup. What's your first reco? Oh, I only got one. I watched a really funny Mystery Science Theater 3000 the other day. It's called Death Stalker and the Warriors from Hell. You can find it on YouTube if you want to watch it for free. Well, there you go. Uh, I have a... Recommendation this week is going to be a graphic novel called Black Hole. It's it's written by Charles Burns, who is a uh, guy who grew up in Seattle. Um, graphic novelist, currently lives in Philadelphia. He is uh, kind of the love child between us and JR um, because of his connection to both places. But yeah. it's a story about uh, – it's kind of a coming-of-age story but with like horrific mutations. But really heartbreaking. I mean, I, I read the whole thing. I poured through it. It's it's so well written and also beautifully drawn. And uh, at the end, it was just so heartbreaking. But at the same time, I just wanted to go back to page one and read it right over again. It's, it's one of the most compelling stories I've ever read. Uh, and it's a graphic novel. So um, if you get a chance, pick it up, Black Hole by Charles Burns. I think that's about good. I think that's a show, man. Yeah, let's wrap it up. I gotta get going here. All righty. Well, uh, once again, Super Bowl weekend, guys. So uh, for the last time, I guess uh, until August, go Hawks. And remember mm-hmm. that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.